My days working, taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Hey everyone, thanks for being with us on First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Pony. Thanks, Danny. My wife doesn't know I'm doing this right now, so there's probably a 75% chance that I'm going to get an angry text or phone call in the middle of this podcast because I was just banking on her going to bed and me just staying up to watch games. And she's going to hear these takes. And she's really, well, she watching. says I'm too loud when I do the show. Do I, I mean, this is my normal speaking voice. Do you think I project too loudly on this? Well, you're not in a soundproof radio studio. You're at home with a newborn child. But that doesn't say well about our walls. If I'm downstairs and she is upstairs and not even directly above me and she can hear me. I don't scream when this isn't a rant show. We don't yell at each other. This isn't debate television. This is. Just two guys chopping it up. We don't get really that. No, I know it it doesn't speak. It doesn't speak well to your walls, but it does speak well to your projection and your baritone. So you've got a, you got a presence about you, even in your normal speaking voice. So there's going to be a little bit different show today because we did not work on new year's and games were Saturday games were Sunday. Uh, We're doing this on Tuesday night. You'll be listening to this Wednesday. We hope we appreciate you subscribe rate review, but it felt a little weird to do every game when it was so many days ago. And then we are going to do a Thursday pod because so much is up for grabs uh, in week 18. So we figured we'd go through some of the biggest like macro stories that came out of week 17 and kind of set the table, if you will. So we could begin here, Pony. Um, Are you still convinced 
that the Niners are the clear-cut best team in the NFL? No. Because of the last word that you put in that question, NFL. Uh, they lost to Baltimore, who then went out and, and beat the Tar out of Miami. Uh, so, no, they can't be the clear-cut best team. They can be the clear-cut best team in the NFC based on how things have unfolded in that conference. But, no, I, I know that the odds still have them as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. But uh, I just – I would be – as much as I've been skeptical of Baltimore for years, I'm not doing that right now. I'm not going to say they beat them head to head and they did it in San Francisco. I'm going to give them the nod. I have to. I And everyone else should too, by the way. Yeah. So like if you, we are gamblers, there's no 49ers injury caveat on the Baltimore game. Like there is their three game losing streak earlier correct. in the season. Correct. But, but you and I are gamblers. The odds are correct because there is no team in the NFC who, at least on paper, can do to San Francisco what Baltimore did. Philly's defense, Detroit's defense. Maybe you're a believer in in Dallas, but I would be surprised if you thought that they were going to you know, hold them to 20 points or something like that in that matchup. So... I do still feel incredibly confident that San Francisco is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And then two weeks to prepare, neutral field, them against Baltimore. Obviously, we saw them do it in San Francisco. I would think that the Niners would be a three-point favorite in that game on a neutral field. So clear-cut best team in the NFL – no, Baltimore deserves to be a 1A, 1B in discussion there. But most likely to win the Super Bowl, I still think that's pretty clearly the Niners. That reminds me of what we get in odds making sometimes where teams just get uh, their status based on what happened either years ago or months ago or even weeks ago. And uh, like the Chiefs, for example, now they won by eight points on Sunday against Cincinnati, but they still don't look like a dominant team. Their odds still reflect that they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're favored by a touchdown or more when they play average teams. Um, you know, for for I think most of, now it didn't happen in the college football playoff with the line against Michigan, but, you know, Alabama always gets that from from odds makers. They always say, well, you know, this is this comes up all the time. Uh, okay, well, if 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 the odds makers made the college football playoff rankings, they'd have Alabama and Georgia favored against everybody. Uh, yeah, but the games are played on the field. And if Baltimore were a three-point underdog against San Francisco, I'd hammer them in that spot. I'd bet them uh, because they proved that they can beat them. And I don't see how an extra week to prepare would make San Francisco better than Baltimore when I have such respect for the Ravens coaching staff. So if you ask the question, do the 49ers still deserve to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl? I might say yes because of what you said before, the way that the field breaks down, the layout of the playoffs. But if I'm power ranking teams one through 32 right now, I'm putting Baltimore ahead of San Francisco. And it's easy. I think I, I, think, I think that's right. I think that's where it is, right? If it's a power ranking, Baltimore deserves the respect. But if it is... I could only – there's a million dollars on the ground. I get to pick it up if I pick the Super Bowl champion correctly. I would still put my money on the Niners 
because of the path that they have through the NFC. And can I say one more thing about, um, well, are we going to do, are, what are we going to do on Baltimore? Cause I want to well, say something about the end of that game here in a second. Well, I want to, so, so yeah, that's the next thing. Let's, so if it's not San Francisco, it's Baltimore. They are locked in to the one seed in the AFC, just like San Francisco is locked in as the one seed in the NFC and everything else is still up for grab. And we'll get into all of the permutations of that in the Thursday pod. There's a crazy amount that is still left to be determined in week 18, which is exactly what the NFL is looking for. Um, what team would you bet on at their number? So this is not like who deserves to be the favorite. We agree that it's Baltimore, but I've got it for you right here. Baltimore is plus 135 to win the AFC. The Chiefs are plus 420. The Bills are plus 430. Miami at plus 600. And then Jacksonville 17 to 1. Cleveland 20 to 1. And then Houston, Indy, and Pittsburgh are the only other teams that you even can bet uh, to win the AFC. If you had to make a wager right now to win the AFC, what number do you like? Uh, I'll do the Bills. I mean, I mean, that's not really me giving our listeners here anything that's out on a limb or crazy unique, even though I will uh, say, and I don't know, really, I've not, I've not gotten a ton of this the last couple of days, but everything gets disjointed with holidays. Like we started our podcast with, uh, I don't think Buffalo's played well for two straight weeks. And if they had played teams that were uh, closer to the middle or the top than the, than the Patriots and chargers, they wouldn't have won both of those games. So they got to find where they were during that three-game run when they lost at Philly, but then beat Kansas City and beat um, Dallas uh, handily. They got to get back to being that team. But I still think among the teams that you just rattled off, they're the most complete team with uh, the the players they have available to them right now um, after Baltimore. And I just I would not bet a team that short to win a conference. I just wouldn't. We have seven teams. I would not do that. Um, so, so, so a little bit better than four to one would be my choice. Yeah. So, I mean, I was looking at Buffalo and I was looking at Kansas City, and what you said in the first segment is like what you could easily accuse me of here. It has nothing to do with what they've done on the field, and that's what it obviously should be. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with their eye test, but there is something to. Reed, Mahomes, the AFC playoffs, five straight years of the AFC championship game being at Arrowhead. And while I don't think that any team is scared of them, I mean, they're three and three in their last six games. Hell, they're four and four if you want to go back to before the bye. In their last eight, they have been straight up pedestrian. They've been bad offensively. They've been good defensively. They shoot themselves in the foot. They Kelsey looks like a shell of himself. That no secondary target is emerging with any degree of consistency on their offense. They messed up the trade deadline. We've documented all of it. That's a good number for the Chiefs, man. Like that's just that's just that's just a good number for the best quarterback and the best coach in a wide open conference. So I think that if I had to bet a team today. I would like the idea of getting better odds on the Chiefs at this point in the season than I've been able to get on them in any of the last six years at this point. I, I, I was just very surprised, and I don't just—I'm not just talking about our great friend Nick Wright from First Things First, 
I was a little been bit a while since Nick got a mention on this podcast. I'm happy. taking a well, you were out last week and he got plenty. Uh, shows you didn't go back and watch or listen. Thank you. Uh, I did I was, it and I was joking. It seems like he gets mentioned every show. Uh, taken aback by taken aback by the number of uh pundits who thought that the Chiefs had tapped into something against the Bengals. Uh, I watched the Steelers put 34 on Cincinnati. And the game before that, they put up 400 yards. So I don't put anything. I don't, if anything, given how Cincinnati's defense has looked this year, 31st in total defense to kick six field goals is a disappointment. You're supposed to open up a can of whoop-ass on that defense. And they still settled for kicks. And now I've got to hear about this. This is the um, rebuttal to what you said about Mahomes. I've got legitimate football people saying their offense has to go through. I, I say it, Isaiah Pacheco in the yes, playoffs. That, that that's what's happening though. That's what people the 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 foot the film nerds are saying that that they they have more success offensively when they run the ball with that guy than they do doing anything else in their offense. So. I'm I'm just not buying it, Danny. I like the Browns more than I like them. I'd feel better about them. And you've been all over this whole Rams-Lions thing for weeks. The idea of Cleveland going into Baltimore in the divisional round with Flacco is just t- is titillating to me. That's also good. That's I think it's even better. No, it's not Yes! Better. Yes, it is. It's the first playoff game at Ford Field. It's the first Lions home playoff game in 30 years. The Ravens won a Super Bowl with Flacco. Like, exactly. No, but but that but that's that but there, there's no bad blood between Flacco and the Ravens. What? He was in his he was in the, he was in not the prime of his career per se, but he was in his early 30s. They drafted another quarterback in the first round and replaced him after he had won a Super Bowl there. That is I mean, absolutely a slap in the face. You okay from flat from Flacco's standpoint? I'm saying I'm saying Ravens fans would would they, they cheer Joe Flacco in general? Yes, they like Joe Flacco. Joe Joe Flacco is not a guy who strikes me as like I'm out. I got grudges against the Baltimore Ravens. And Lions fans feel that way about Matthew Stafford. They never won anything with him, and he won elsewhere. And so if he goes in there and wins in Detroit. Wait a minute, time out. What if the Ravens won with Lamar Jackson? But they think that they won that breakup. They Well, will they feel that way if Cleveland goes there and wins? Yes. Okay, fine. I mean, you have I mean, your MVP. Lamar's about to win his second MVP, man. Okay, great. If, if that Joe, won a Super Bowl with Joe, the Rams. If Joe Flacco wins in Baltimore to get the Browns to the AFC Championship game, they're going to burn that city down. Their fans no, are going to be. No, they will not. Okay. It will Fine. be more painful for Lions fans if Stafford wins in Detroit. Totally disagree with you on that. Ravens because fans if Flacco wins in Baltimore. Totally disagree with you on that because Detroit looks at what they've done this year as their season's already been made. This is icing on the cake if they win a playoff game, even if it's against their old franchise quarterback. But, 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 but is, is Flacco beating Baltimore – extra painful than Miami beating Baltimore? Yes! <laughs> Are you kidding me? But no, the whole, the whole thing is about how for Baltimore, they have to play up to their seed and they have to win and Lamar has to prove it in the playoffs. Yeah, and exactly. And if the guy that beats you and, and you 
You stub your so. toe in the playoffs again and, and underachieve, and this guy off the couch, your old franchise quarterback, beats you? Are you kidding me? But Okay, I mean, they have a banner there largely because of Flacco. They don't have anything in Detroit because of Stafford. So if, if Stafford also comes in with his Super Bowl ring and then wins the game You're in right. that stadium. You're right. Like, You're right. If Jordan came back to Chicago with the Wizards and beat them in the first round of the playoffs when the Bulls were like a two seed or something like that, it wouldn't be extra painful or, or anything because the guy's numbers retired and you've got six rings with them. You're right. I, I can see the argument. Come on, Danny. Joe Flacco is Michael Jordan now? Uh, Joe Flacco Joe Flacco is a champion. And Matthew and the Lions have won Bupkis. So I'm confused. Uh, again, Ravens fans would rather have Joe Flacco or Lamar Jackson. Hold on a second. You think that Lions fans would rather have Matthew Stafford than Jared Goff? No, what I'm saying is, is that the Ravens don't look at Joe Flacco leaving as them lo like losing the breakup. Lions fans look at Matt Stafford going to the Rams and winning a Super Bowl as them okay. losing the breakup. I don't know why this has to only be viewed through the prism of like breakup wins and losses. It's just like the pain and suffering of losing a playoff game and who's the person that beats you in the game. I'm saying the Ravens losing a playoff game to anyone is very painful for them. The Lions losing a playoff game specifically to Stafford is extra painful. I don't think it would be that much more painful to lose to a 400-year-old who was in retirement when you've got a two-time MVP as your quarterback. Okay. All right. Solid disagreement there. Uh, after... Man, I'm, a, I'm better at teasing on the radio. I don't know why we have to tease on podcasts. More first and pod after this. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. So I'm a father of what? I gotta find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All right, thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Subscribe, rate, review. Seriously, write a five-star review for First and Pod. Tweet it to us, and we'll shoot you some retweets. Get you Wait, some if you just if you just put five stars down, though, do you have to write more, or are we just good with five stars? I'm fine with five stars. If you can prove that you gave us a five-star review, but if you wrote something nice, that'd be great, too. But tweet it at us, and uh, we'll retweet it for you. I mean, at this point, I take five stars in a mean review. Yeah, five stars is really what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm fragile. Give me a nice review, pony a negative review. Give the pod five stars. Make sure there's five stars, regardless. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll give you the retweet. Um, how crazy is it that Philly is not going to win the NFC East? Like all things, all things being equal, assuming Sunday goes according to plan and Dallas takes care of business. Like this is a big story, little story. Where where do you where do you put this? I mean, it's massive because of where they were. I mean, it's a huge story because of where they were halfway through the season. Um, I mean, they they had the best record in the NFL. They had beaten the Dolphins, they had beaten the Eagles at home. I mean, they really the whole season, we've said outside of maybe one or two games. They have not looked like the team that lost in the Super Bowl last year, but they were winning games. So, and it wasn't like each game was a it was a setup against a JV team or uh, you know second tier uh, second division team. They played a pretty tough schedule this season, um, but you know. The Arizona, when you're up 21 to six at home to a team that's in the conversation for the second pick in the draft, that's an that's that's the type of deflating loss that I just wonder what the long term damage is going to be from that, even beyond this season. Because I think that there's consequences that go okay. So now you lose that game, you start on the road, you lose in the first round or the second round of the playoffs. You now circle back to that game is where things completely unraveled. You know, what kind of decisions are they going to make as a reaction to that? I think there's going to be emotional decisions that get made there because of it. I said this on the podcast last week, Danny. I think the city that they play in affects them greatly. If they were, if, if you flipped it and they were having this type of season in Phoenix, like the kind of, the way that the players comport themselves after games, the questions they get asked, the way they respond to that, the way they freak out after losses, what Sirianni has to say, the knee-jerk reactions with changing coordinators 
and meetings that have to happen and A.J. Brown not wanting to talk to people. Like, to me, that's all a Philly bubble thing. Like, this is, I I, I know that there's obviously personnel changes and things that happened in the offseason and injuries and stuff that have affected who they are. But I do think that the Philly football culture there has beaten them down and worn them out. And I just think people have a quick trigger there. And there's an impatience in that sports town, even though they just won a Super Bowl and lost a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, what a weird season coming off of, like you said, winning a Super Bowl, being in a Super Bowl, losing to the Chiefs by three. I mean, this year, they have really impressive wins. Yeah. They, they beat Miami. They beat Dallas. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They beat Buffalo. And now they've lost four of five. And three of them are not bad, right? Losing to San Francisco. Now, getting blown out, obviously, is bad. But the, the caliber of the opponent. San Francisco, in Dallas, in Seattle by three. And then, obviously, the Arizona one that you just mentioned. Like, making the playoffs, backing up a run to the Super Bowl, playing in a tough division, having those marquee wins – it making the playoffs it's not a bad season but it feels so much worse because of like the sequencing of the games because they seem to be collapsing as they go into the playoffs and their defensive numbers are so bad against the run against the pass and in the red zone that i said this 10 weeks ago I think if they get Detroit, they're going to lose to them. Depends what the weather's like. I don't trust uh, Jared Goff in those situations. I, I think understand. that he could melt down there. And it, I mean, it, it's also crazy that Jalen Carter has been everything that I expected him to be there as you know, the instant yeah. impact, great defensive rookie of the year player. And they've gotten this much worse, adding that type of performer to their defense, which speaks to the way their secondary has disintegrated and fallen apart. Their inside linebacker play is absolutely pathetic. I don't understand how with Carter and Jalen and uh, uh, Jordan Davis, Carter and Davis, their run defense is as putrid as it is. I mean, they've got the same thing on the resume as Dallas. They both lost to Arizona. And yet, even with Dallas's, like, let me just say this too. Tell me if you agree with this. I think in Kansas City, the players in the are the ones that like lash out because they're not meeting their standard. I get the sense that the Kansas City media is like it'll be like they'll figure it out. There's not like a, it's not like a like a venomous. Yeah, thing. I mean apple apples and bowling balls, man. Like the Philly media and the Kansas City media, it's not even they, they don't face any local heat. They don't face any local heat. Okay, but I think it's national too, dude. Like You're I saying, think, but, but, but the, yeah, I, I'm, I, I obviously I started local and I was going yeah, to. You said you national. said Philly bubble, so well, no, I know, but I'm just saying. Well, I, right. I mean, it starts when they turn the radios on in their cars. What they hear, and yeah. in Philadelphia, it's like is Nick Sir- like they Nick Sirianni got asked on WIP today. Do you feel like your job's on the line? <laughs> Did he really? Yes. That's awesome. I mean, like, 
<laughs> that is awesome. But I but and and I don't and I think that happens maybe in one or two other places in in America. But I and I'm not even sure that would happen in Boston and New York. Yeah, I think that I think there's three cities like and you just you mentioned the three and then Chicago's like the captain of everybody else, but it's it, I always say we're we're a big nice city. We are not like Philly, Boston and New York. We're big media, but it, it's not particularly cutthroat like that. Um and I think that Philly's probably the meanest of the of the three. Like that's that's insane. Ask Sirianni if he's going to be if he's that is that is clinically insane. Like that, I would I would hate to listen to that personally. Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But you know they obviously already put immense pressure on themselves this year because they were so close to winning a Super Bowl, and then you just add that on top of it. And I just don't think that that's a healthy situation for anybody. So this next story is maybe the one that I'm most interested in talking about, even though it has the least to do with anything on the field. Okay. The owner of the Carolina Panthers threw a drink on a Jaguars fan and it was caught on video and he was fined $300,000. Is that enough? I think I don't think he should have been fined anywhere close to that. Really? Yeah. You're a contrarian. No, That's not. Ridic- that is ridiculous. What? Okay, I want you to explain to me how on the road it's not even one of your own fans. It's in Jacksonville. Explain to me why an owner throwing a drink at somebody or ice at somebody is that bad. Are you serious? Yes. He's an owner of a team. There okay, are- how, how, there much are- trouble, how much trouble did Robert Kraft get into for his uh, sexual exploits? Dude, he would. I mean, listen. That's a situation with the law, and, it, and okay, it, okay, fair enough. This is on camera at an NFL stadium to an NFL fan. So it can't, it can't happen. Why the league, the league that finds guys for wearing the wrong sock or celebrating incorrectly and coming but, down on players for everything and anything cannot have an owner of a team in a skybox throwing a drink on a fan. They, this is this is just this is obvious decorum and human decency. I thought he was going to be suspended for the last game of the season. Oh, stop. I mean, come on. It's stop clutching your pearls here, Danny. Hold on a second. Who got hurt here? Nobody. So you're going to find somebody $300,000 for a for a I I can't even say crime. It's like, not a crime. Okay. It's so a then, terrible look. They have okay, a if conduct, he had, if, they if, have a if conduct if, policy what, for throwing what, drinks at people? What would you say what would happen if on the sideline Bryce Young threw a Gatorade at a fan? Threw it like threw like a bottle and could have like hurt somebody with it or just no, splashed no, 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 no. them. No, splashed. Same thing. Took a cup of Gatorade, threw it into his face. I probably would have zero to no problem with it. It's a liquid. <laughs> You're out of your mind. It's not throwing a punch or slapping somebody. Let me ask you a question. If he had been caught by a camera phone and he had looked that Jaguars fan in the eye and instead of throwing a drink, he said, "Hey, buddy, why don't you go f yourself? Would you would you find him three hundred thousand dollars for that too?" No, 
So it's the act of taking ice and a little bit of drink in there yes. and splashing it on somebody. Yes. My God. Yes. When did you become so soft? Dude, where in society can you throw a drink on somebody? You get thrown out of bars. You get thrown out of restaurants. You cannot do it. It is not something that we allow in society. And he is a billionaire owner of a team who represents the most image conscious brand arguably in the world. And he is on camera. I don't know who's like, I don't get thrown out of the restaurant that you were at tonight with your wife for it. And if someone did say, Hey, I want to press charges and they called the cops, they'd at least show up. (laughs) If you, if you like, and again, I'm not saying you should be arrested. I'm not saying this would show up if if I splashed my wife with water at a bar. If you threw a drink on not your wife on someone else, he didn't else. throw a drink. He threw what was in the glass at him. He didn't take the actual glass itself and and throw it at the person. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What do you think would happen if tonight you did exactly what David Tepper did and? splashed your drink on the table next to you what would happen i mean you're probably right they would ask me to leave but they wouldn't they well, wouldn't the guy would try me. to fight you it would be a it's, a it's a ridiculously disrespectful action okay no Go one ahead. is no we're we, we've not we're not debating the respectfulness or lack thereof of this well we're there's talking- a conduct policy conduct is a is a thing a cousin of respect and disrespect he's an 20 billion dollar owner of a team who threw a drink on a paying customer of the NFL on camera. It cannot happen. This is not me being some sort of uptight conservative. Well, when you say it can't happen, like I'm trying to figure out what you're so this is some kind of behavioral thing where the the NFL is saying don't be a jackass. Don't do it. Do not do it. That's what they're saying. Yeah, I really did not. I didn't. I laughed when I saw it. I thought it was hilarious. Wow. I I had no problem with it. If I, as a fan. You're out of your mind. If I'm turning around and I'm cussing out somebody in a box and giving them a hard time. And that person like throws a little bit of a drink at me. I think I've, you know, I've, I've asked for that. That's what I want. Like, that's what I'm trying to goad this person into doing something like that. Okay. You're, if you're he gave the, the middle, if he gave the double bird, would you say three hundred thousand dollar fine? That's disrespectful. You can't it, do that to a fan. It is disrespectful. I would not say three hundred thousand dollar fine. No, it's the act of throwing something at him. That's what it is. It should not happen. Well, if it was something that could have actually inflicted some harm, I would agree with you. All right, but it's water. <laughs> it is water. I'm. Fascinated at how you're going to answer this next question. Okay. Normally at this point of the year, a lot of the postseason awards are wrapped up. Comeback player of the year is not. It is a virtual coin flip, according to the odds makers, between DeMar Hamlin and Joe Flacco. Who should win? Uh, Hamlin, and this isn't really shouldn't even be a discussion. Uh, I have bet the maximum amount on this on uh the FanDuel sports book on Hamlin. What odds did you get it at? Well I've got it now that it's like minus 130 on him. Okay. Because I, I'm gonna be incensed and enraged if he doesn't win. 
One person died on the field and had to be brought back to life. And, and the people voting on this award are going to, I guess, because it's not in a room, but they're going to internally debate with themselves what's more impressive. Some guy who sucked last year because he was old coming back and playing versus somebody who decided. Well, coming back and playing and being good. Okay. He didn't just come back and play. He came back in as a quarterback of a team. I th- th- played well and has them in contention. The to second win a Demar playoff. Hamlin uh, put a helmet on this season, he should have cinched and locked up the award. I don't care if for two thirds of the year he did. He was I like don't ca- minus a thousand. I don't care if Emmett Smith came out of retirement this season and led the NFL in rushing. He would oh, have. Well, still- I would care about that. That would be pretty cool. He would still lose, in my opinion, the award to someone who had to be brought to life on the football field. Even though he's been inactive for many games? Yes. He's still still an NFL player. He is an an NFL player. This is an award that is not greatly defined. Of course. I know. That's why we have this debate right now. Because it's just, what are you coming back from? Is it a... Is it a career-threatening injury? Is it just Geno Smith's story where no one gave him a shot for 10 years? Right. Are you coming back from injury? Are you coming back from being bad? Are you uh, coming back from scandal and controversy? Are you coming out of retirement? Are you, like, I mean, in my opinion, they invented the NFL Comeback of the Year award for situations like DeMar Hamlin. Not that they ever thought that somebody would die. Right. Actually, I think it's more for situations like Flacco. DeMar Hamlin, DeMar Hamlin is the type of thing that like when he was the sportsman of the year at the ESPYs, I was like, that's why they invented that award. Comeback player of the year is more often for guy coming back from injury and then regains his form. That's the most conventional coming back from injury. Yes. I'm just saying that's the most that's the most conventional way to to do it, and so like Demar Hamlin, obviously uh, more impressive, obviously more inspiring, but if quality of play and impact on your comeback is a variable here, Joe Flacco saved the Browns' season, and we both think has a real chance to win a playoff game on the road. Yep. And he's had multiple 300-yard passing games, and he flew to Cleveland in coach out of retirement, man. Like, I I actually think the spirit of the award is more Flacco than Hamlin, personally. Because that is the more impressive comeback story. That's an easy one. It's Tamar Hamlin. Yes, again, it, it yes, more impressive, more inspiring. But, like impact as a player it's Flacco it will not offend me if it's going to be a bad look for the league if it's Flacco I don't think so yeah I think it will be okay uh again five-star reviews subscribe rate review it's normally every team every game every week first in pod back after this Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Woo! Woo! 
You hear that? Your dog knows spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. All right, Pony, we've made people wait long enough. Let's go Bears and Steelers here to wrap this thing up. Fields is coming off of arguably his best game as a passer, as a pro, and the Bears locked up the number one pick. How tough of a decision do you see this as being for Ryan Poles? Okay, so I want to answer that. But first, I need to get your opinion on what happened because I had, I didn't hear your show on Tuesday. The chance at Soldier Field. Is that indicative of how the entire how most of the fan base feels right now? That they want Fields back? Yes. And you've always been a Fields guy, correct? Uh, yes, but I, I, I'm getting killed by a lot of people for saying that I, for saying that I flip-flopped when I said that I would draft Caleb Williams. And so are you back on fields or are you still staunchly in the Williams camp? I, I will, I think that Ryan Poles will and should draft Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. But what I said today on the show was the Bears have never been in this situation before and basically no franchise in NFL history has been. Every time a quarterback has left the Bears, they've failed. Like maybe Kyle Orton has a couple of good starts somewhere else, but like he was a journeyman. He played everywhere, right? Greasy, he played everywhere. But like every time, Mitch Trubisky, Rex Grossman, Cade McNown, everybody, they leave and they're bad. This is a situation where if Fields leaves, he'll be a starter somewhere. Mm -hmm. So if you trade the number one pick, and get a King's Ransom. ESPN reported today that there are executives in the league who think they could trade the pick, stay in the top five, and get the same draft haul that they got last year from trading down to nine and staying at four or five. That's how much more valuable the number one pick is this year than last year. So if you get two ones, two twos, and a DJ Moore caliber player and get the fifth pick in the draft or the fourth pick in the draft and draft Marvin Harrison Jr., your team next year is good with Justin Fields. It's a good team. They're okay, so seven. what are you saying to that scenario? But what I am saying is they have door A, door B, and both doors are good. And Ryan Poles, more often than not, has gotten this stuff right. And he deserves the benefit of the doubt from Bears fans that he's going to get it right. Because Fields is good. And he's ascending. And if Ryan Poles, who was there as the director of college scouting, when they drafted Pat Mahomes, when Alex Smith was coming off three straight double-digit win seasons, Mm -hmm. if he thinks Caleb Williams is that much better than Justin Fields, that's damn exciting too, even if it means you have to take a half step back next year 
for hopefully three leaps forward because there's a learning curve as a rookie. Okay, so it's one of those good problems, but it's still a problem. I mean, that's it's still yes. something. It's a very, that, very tough decision, but it and is a we don't good, have good we problem. Don't, yes, we don't have the benefit of um, interviewing Ryan Poles right now and injecting him with truth serum to get his uh, feel on it. So I'll ask you again, do you like that last scenario the best? Where I said it, man. I said yes. I I would I personally would draft Caleb Williams. No, I'm saying the one that you just laid out where you stay in the top five and you get all those draft picks. Do you like that better than anything else? No, I like drafting no. Caleb Williams the best. I think man, that last one, Danny, I'm surprised to hear you say that because if I've got more first round, if I'm getting two first round picks, two twos, and a good player, and I'm guaranteed uh probably the second best or third best position player in the entire draft, maybe even at second, if there's another quarterback needy team that jumps up. I mean, and you're saying Harrison. I mean, if it's Marvin Harrison, two ones and two twos, and then I'm getting like one of New England's best defensive players or something like that too, man, I'm making that trade. I I get it. Here's the issue. You've got to be convinced that you can build a roster that's like San Francisco where you don't need to drop in an elite quarterback talent in case Fields plateaus because he's been incredibly inconsistent as a passer. He was in, he was bad in the second half of the game against So Arizona. you're still convinced that you're still convinced that Caleb Williams is going to be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Yeah. 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 I and and to me again the trade is about next year but it's also about 7 years from now 10 years from now like hopefully if they draft Caleb Williams Caleb Williams outlasts every other player on the Bears and he's the quarterback for 15 years and again I love Justin Fields I really do think it's a high class problem It doesn't sound like you love him it sounds like you just like him I hear really no. like I don't hear love I hear really like Okay so he deserved those chances he is incredibly likable. He works very hard. The team loves him. He's the most exciting player with a ball in his hand that's worn a Bears uniform in my entire life. That includes Devin Hester. I I love him. If the Bears had the fourth pick and the tenth pick, I would be saying receiver, tight end, receiver, tackle, build around Justin. Fields. I don't. I, but I don't. They have, they have the number one pick in a year. Where, dude, Caleb Williams right now is minus 500 on the sportsbook sites to go number one overall. But uh, the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with is you, it doesn't sound like you love him because you don't believe that they can win a Super Bowl with him as their quarterback unless you build like the absolute perfect team around him. That's what I keep hearing. I don't hear you saying he can get into the Lamar Jackson stratosphere of quarterback I just don't hear that in, in he, your he, in your voice here he can but it is not a sure thing man and it wasn't a sure thing with Lamar until and it's not Williams. a sure thing with Caleb Williams that's why I take all those picks it's that's why right. I would do that you're right it's it is not a sure thing with Caleb Williams but he is talked about by the experts as a generational player and people who are trying to relitigate it and say that he is, that fields is the same type of prospect as Caleb Williams are straight up delusional because Justin Fields in college was great. Two time big 10 offensive player of the year had a six touchdown game in the playoff against Clemson. 
he was throwing to Olave and Wilson and all of those first round picks at receiver. That's not what Caleb Williams would be doing. Now he has Lincoln Riley. He has the system, but I do think that Caleb is a better prospect than Justin Fields. Do you think he's a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I do. Wow. He's, he's smaller. Um, but he's got he's got way more like mobility and improvisational off schedule playmaking ability than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think I like obviously Burrow was incredible, but he was like a late come on. Uh, I think it's probably Andrew Luck that you got to go back to in terms of a pure prospect. And the other part of it is, man, and you could say that maybe I'm just like bracing myself for it. I don't think Ryan Poles can pass on taking any quarterback that he wants two years in a row for a guy that he didn't draft who's been in. What if he likes Drake May more than Caleb Williams? Well, then you've got to be really good at your job. (laughs) I mean, in a way, I know it's not one versus two and everything else that's into it, but liking Mahomes more than Deshaun Watson, I think was similar to that. I mean, I think most football people would have told you that Watson was the better prospect. I mean, a lot of draft people. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was that 10 versus 12. I don't know. But my, my point is, is like the bears will be good next year with Justin Fields. And if they trade it and they get all that draft capital, it's incredibly exciting. And, and I they probably won't be good next year with Caleb Williams. See, I don't agree with that. Why? This is not a normal situation to come into as the number one pick. You'll okay. have another. You'll have a top ten pick this year, which you'd probably take a receiver with, opposite DJ Moore, with a very good right tackle, a very good left guard, a pretty good left tackle, a good tight end, and a ton of money in free agency. I'm just going by history. I mean, we'll see what happens with Stroud and the Colt with with Stroud against the Colts on uh, Saturday night. But in the last twenty years. How many starting quarterbacks have got rookie starting quarterbacks have gotten their teams to the playoffs? You could probably count them on one hand: Russell Wilson, RG three, Andrew Luck, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez. That might be the list right there. There might be yeah, six it, it, it's not, it's not, but but most of those guys, and pro- I think all of those guys, what Matt it's Ryan, certainly, it's certainly number one picks. It's all drafted by the team, their own pick. The Bears would be doing it with Carolina's pick. This is the number one pick going to a seven or eight win roster. It's yeah. not the number one pick going to a three win roster. It is, well, what if it's a new coach too? What if it's an entirely new system? It's not going to be. Eberflus is back. I am pretty convinced of that. Um, now, offensive coordinator, we'll, we'll see. But th- this conversation illustrates how tough of a decision is. It is a very, very, very tough decision for Ryan Poles. All right, last thing, and we're going longer than I expected to. Can you explain to our audience what happened in Pittsburgh and what happened with this reporting and how the hell Kenny Pickett for like 48 hours was a villain? I I genuinely am confused. Sure. So I think what happened last week at the start of last week was the Steelers wanted to start Mason Rudolph against Seattle but they didn't want it to come off like Kenny Pickett had been benched. So I think Mike Tomlin's original plan was Pickett isn't healthy or hasn't been cleared yet. 
to, to play. So when I first meet with the media, I'm going to say Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback unless Kenny Pickett is cleared to play. Then at practice, I think it became obvious that it was a coach's decision that it was going to be Rudolph over Pickett. And initially, I don't think Kenny Pickett was thrilled with that. Anybody that saw his uh, media Q&A with reporters in the middle of last week saw a guy that did a very bad job of being diplomatic and masking his true feelings on what had happened. It was like, you know, Drew Bledsoe when he found out that Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback once he was back from his injury, like that kind of thing. And so what I think happened just from talking to people is that I don't think Kenny felt right being the backup quarterback or the emergency quarterback in Seattle. Whether that's he was embarrassed by it, whether he was angered by it, whether you know he still wasn't completely 100% healthy, for whatever reason, given everything that went on, he didn't want to be the backup quarterback for that game. And I think, and I think Tomlin and the Steelers supported him on that, or at least understood that. And whether but they thought he, that, but then he came out and said that all was ridiculous. Well, because it was report. It, the 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 reporting of it came across as like he he said to them I'm above being the backup quarter being the backup quarterback. I think he so might. Did someone get it wrong in the reporting? I think I, I think they got that part of it wrong. Yes. Okay. I Look, do I think it's possible that he feels that way? Yeah, but do I think that he actually sat in Mike Tomlin's office and said, "I refuse to be the backup quarterback. I'm better than that." Absolutely not. Is he and still I, popular in Pittsburgh, Pickett? Depends who you talk to. I think with Pitt, with Pitt college football fans, he is. Because that's that's the that is the um part of this that makes any discussion about him as a player difficult because the bias, the bias of the people talking about him come through. If you're a diehard Pitt college football fan, you know, you're blindly loyal to the guy and you're supportive of him to the hill. If you're not, then, you know, you either think he's good or you don't, but then there's even a conspiracy theory that Penn State fans want him to fail and like have have rooted against him from the very beginning. So that's that's the insane part of all this. So look, I, I think that, I, I don't, I, I think the whole way the Steelers handled this uh, allowed for this to happen. What I really think, Danny, they planned on, I think Tomlin and, and, and Kenny looked at this like, all right, you don't want to be the backup. You don't want to be the emergency third quarterback. You think that that's whatever. You don't have to be. We'll still pretend like you're hurt and we'll start Mason Rudolph in Seattle. And then depending how that game goes, you'll probably be back as the starting quarterback against Baltimore. And there's no controversy. There's, there's no polarizing yeah. part of this. You know, Mason will go there and play an average game or falter, and you'll be right back in. Well, he didn't. So <laughs> that's why now they can't use the injury card as an excuse for him. He's completely healthy. He's passed the four-week window with this high ankle sprain surgery, and now it's a complete coach's decision. And a guy that they used the 20th pick on in the draft in 2022 has been benched in, the, in, in, a, playoff, in, in a playoff game for them. Yeah. The biggest game of their season. 
So yeah, I, I I missed some of the local reporting on it, and then saw the press, and I was like, this is very strange and a very very quick fall uh, for the local folk hero that is Kenny Pickett. So Mason Rudolph is starting Sunday. Yes, and has my full support. Okay, wow, and well, backing, man. So you and Kenny are on the outs. We're taking a break. Yeah, I think he needs. To- <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Understand. I think he's going to need to learn something from this. He's got to take a. He's got to have a big chip on his shoulder in the offseason and make himself a lot better. Well, listen, man. Happy birthday! Did you get an angry text or call? From what do you mean? From no, I did not. Oh, during the, during this, no, I did not. <laughs> not at any time. I know. I know you. You get angry texts and calls all the time. Uh, but listen, happy birthday, and uh, thank you to Spencer Ray for producing. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus